Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And on your screen right now is the homepage for RPG giant BioWare. Currently, as I'm sure many of you are aware, a wholly owned subsidiary of Electronic Arts. Now, if you haven't been in virtual legality with us for a long time, you might not realize that BioWare has actually been one of the stalwart presences on this show in particular. We have covered various aspects of BioWare and more particularly BioWare corporate messaging since really the beginning. You see here episode 18, where we compared and contrasted Nintendo's commentary, their apology on having to go back to the foundation for Metroid Prime 4, and the head of live services at BioWare's maybe a little less apologetic statement with respect to the problems that Anthem was having. We covered how Anthem and its development was described in Kotaku and how BioWare was responding to the various things that were happening to it. We talked about that Anthem was going back to the beginning, to the groundwork that they had initially laid to start over on Anthem. And we also talked about messaging that uh, Drew Kay, who used to write at BioWare, left us with in respect of his experiences at BioWare. BioWare has been our constant companion because they have put out a lot of interesting corporate messaging and yesterday was no different. You can see on your screen right now the BioWare blog. You see three prominent blog posts, each of which we are going to look at a little bit, the most prominent of which is from Laura Melee. Chief Studios Officer Electronic Arts, which is what actually announced all of these leadership changes at BioWare. So I will read it to you. A message from Laura Melee, Chief Studios Officer Electronic Arts. We strive for all of our studios to be places where talented, creative people come to do career-defining work. A dimension of this ambition is that sometimes those people want to try something different. Casey Hudson, GM, the general manager, the head of the studio, BioWare, and Mark Dara, executive producer Dragon Age, the head of the Dragon Age brand, are two of those people, and they have decided to move on from BioWare. I want to personally thank Casey and Mark for everything they have done for the BioWare community, and particularly for our players. They will always be an essential part of the studio's history. We appreciate their many contributions, and we look forward to seeing what they'll each do next. More in the blog post that we will talk about as part of this video. When I think about BioWare's future and the next generation of talent in place, I could not be more confident or optimistic. As we look to the studio's future and the projects currently under development, the next generation of Bioware talent is leading the studio forward and working on some incredible games that I know you will be excited to experience in the coming years. Samantha Ryan, who came to Electronic Arts after leading Warner Brothers Games, is one of the strongest leaders in the industry, and she will continue to oversee the studio from the Electronic Arts position. I'm also excited to announce that Christian Daly, who joined Bioware from Blizzard, will be leading our Dragon Age project currently in development, taking over from Mark Dara. Christian is a fantastic creative leader, and I look forward to you all getting to know him in the coming days. We recently announced Mass Effect the Legendary Edition, and Mike Gamble is leading a team hard at work on that franchise's future. The search for a new GM is underway, and we are already talking to some great people. We will find the right leader who has a deep love and respect for the studio's heritage, who embodies the values of this team, and who will help carry on the incredible legacy of Bioware. And that's the main statement. We will, of course, take a look at what Mr. Hudson and Mr. Dara had to say as well. But this is the main statement that Bioware put out there to announce a fairly drastic change in the leadership of one of the fundamental pillar studios in the Electronic Arts portfolio. 
Now you can see I've highlighted various things here, which I want to talk to you about. But one of the most obvious is that this is not an announcement from Bioware. And that should jump off the page to anybody reading these kinds of things because it's not usual for the parent company to announce things like the general manager is leaving as well as the executive producer and head of one of the more prominent brands that this company actually makes. And to have the head of studios, the chief studios officer step in to make this statement already tells you a lot about how unexpected, how rapid this kind of change developed. Because what we have here is a statement that really had to be made by Electronic Arts because there doesn't appear to be anyone in the general manager position that would be allowed to make this statement on behalf of Bioware once Casey Hudson and Mark Dara leave. Now, that's another interesting component here is that Mr. Hudson and Mr. Dara don't announce a separate date that their resignation, retirement, leaving, termination, whatever it might be, is actually going to take place on, which suggests that it is effective immediately. Now, I don't know whether that is in fact the case, but we will look at prior blog posts and prior Bioware history that suggests that ordinarily when a change this significant and massive happens, it happens in a couple of weeks. They announce the date when it will occur and they will also have a GM, a head of the studio, ready to go. Whenever you have this kind of sea change happen in a corporate environment, it is highly unusual for it to look like what you just saw yesterday. And what I mean by that, it is highly unusual to not have the the rudder, the leader, the captain of the ship hand the torch to his or her immediate successor. Because this kind of thing, having an interim leader, having the parent company have to issue the statement when this happens, this looks not bad necessarily, but like the company is certainly fractious, certainly not as stable as it should be. And if you're a public company like Electronic Arts, you never want that to be the public facing look of one of your major studios. This would be like the head of somebody at, oh, I don't know, 343 just up and leaving and Microsoft not having a plan to do something about it. Obviously, I picked 343 for a reason, and that's because they have been going through their own tumult during this, the craziest year of maybe yours, mine, and everybody else's lives. Now, the other thing that I wanted to mention here is exactly who's moving around, right? So it's not just the head of the studio. It's also the head of the Dragon Age brand that decided to leave on a somewhat random Thursday in early December. Now, I'm a cynical corporate lawyer. I look at these things as I do from also my economics perspective and say, well, people tend to move when it makes the most incentive, the most sense for them to do so. So one thing that could be happening here is that as of December 3rd, uh, whatever bonuses they might have received, the Christmas bonus, the holiday bonus, whatever value they would have accrued as part of their employment with Bioware, those checks could have gone out last week. They could have gone out December 2nd. Usually you see moves like this happen immediately after some kind of value accrues to the people in question. So that could be why you wind up with something like a December 3rd leaving date. What makes a little less sense is why there isn't any heads up given to Electronic Arts. It doesn't say effective on December 31st, and I'll help transition the general manager after me. This just says Casey and Mark, they are leaving. And it doesn't give a date, but it also doesn't suggest that that isn't happening right now. And Casey and Mark, as we will see in their blog post, they don't talk as if they are currently in the roles that they used to have as of two days ago at Bioware. 
You also see other people moving around in respect of this Christian Daly person who, if you aren't watching Anthem's development, you probably don't recognize as a name. But when Anthem decided to go and rebuild itself from the ground up, Christian was really the name that popped out the most in talking about what was going to happen with Anthem quote-unquote 2.0. And so I think when this announcement happened, people that were excited about Anthem actually having resources put at it, having a team look at how to fix that thing, because there are good ideas there, even if the ultimate game didn't turn out the way really anybody wanted it to turn out. They all looked at this and said, well, what exactly happens there? And I agree. I think that Anthem 2.0 is in a significant amount of danger. The only thing that we have really going against that is that BioWare Electronic Arts have said all of their projects are going to continue. And Mr. Daly himself put out a tweet that said, tough decision, but made easier because of the talented Anthem leadership and team in place. I'm leaving to go take over Dragon Age, obviously a big career opportunity. Don't blame him one bit for taking it. But where that leaves Anthem is an open question. And the other question is, how much was Mr. Daly driving the desire to have that change, actually affecting that change at Anthem? And this might be the kind of thing, it's certainly an an inflection point for Bioware and Electronic Arts, that results in them just wiping their hands clean of the entire Anthem project. It's already messy. It's not a good look for Bioware. A lot of people didn't like it. A lot of people didn't feel they got their value out of it. I among them. And so this might be the kind of thing that was already a kind of stretch. And much like, say, something like Final Fantasy XIV, if the leadership, if the driver behind the fixing that project just ultimately had to leave for some reason, even if that meant to go to a different place in the company to save a different project, then you can see how perhaps that first project languishes, gets left behind. And I think people are legitimately concerned about that. Doesn't mean it will necessarily happen. The one thing I will say as part of this video in reading all of this messaging and talking to you about these things is this is much like your favorite sports team changing its coaches, right? There is reason to believe that there are problems. You have two very, very big outward-facing, public-facing people at the company leave on the same day, on a random day in December, with apparently no notice and with Electronic Arts and Bioware not ready to name a successor to actually lead the studio into the future. You have every reason to believe that there is something hinky going on and to be concerned about Bioware, especially if it's your favorite studio. On the other hand, sometimes changing head coaches, changing philosophies, doing something different winds up with a better product, winds up with a better team atmosphere. And that's certainly the case that the Bioware of the last few years has not been delivering the products, the video games that we would all like to see. I want a strong Bioware. I love Bioware really my whole adult life. They've been putting out games that I have loved for a very, very long time. And it has been a little bit sad to see them not able to do that, really, for the most of this past generation. So maybe a change is what they needed, but if you are following Electronic Arts history, if you followed them with Bullfrog, if you followed them with whoever else you might like, Visceral, then you know that Electronic Arts, when it goes through these kinds of things, when it becomes difficult to see a company through to a success point, means that Electronic Arts is as likely as any publisher to just get rid of the whole thing. And so if you are a Bioware fan, I think you are legitimately concerned about that future, even if it's not a guarantee. Electronic Arts is going to give them some runway here to see if they can right the ship. And hey, maybe they can. I'm certainly rooting for them. 
But as we said at the top of this message, the really big item, the one that really gives away the game to me as a corporate attorney, is the fact that there isn't a general manager left to go, ready to go and put in Casey Hudson's place, right? And you might say, well, maybe historically, this is what BioWare has done, is that they've had somebody leave and they just leave and then there's an interim. That isn't the case. And you wouldn't expect it to be the case. It's very rare for a position this high profile in a publicly owned corporation to do this kind of thing. And we only have to go back so far to look at the last transition to see that that was in fact the case. On July 18th, 2017, Aaron Flynn left BioWare. He was the head. He was the general manager of BioWare. He said, after 17 years... Today, I announced that I will be leaving the studio. When? Today? No. At the end of July, a couple of weeks from now, and he announced that Casey Hudson is returning to Edmonton to take on the role of general manager. That is how these transitions usually look. That, okay, your guy wants to leave. He wants to pursue a different future, whatever. That's fine. People need to leave. People need to change. Electronic Arts in their statement is exactly right. When you recruit people of ambition, Ambition means that people will move on and find their own way and start their own studios and do things like that. But if you are going to leave, in general, if you're in that position, you talk to Electronic Arts, you say, I want to leave, you work on the transition, and then you have a blog post ready to go simultaneously with the general manager that's going to be taking over the ship who says, hey, we love Aaron Flynn. We thank him for doing everything. I'm ready to take this thing over at the end of July, says Casey Hudson, only now as of December 2020, when Casey talks, he just says, I'm out. I'm retiring from the studio to make way for the next generation of studio leaders. I don't have anybody to hand this torch off to. And not to speculate too much, but I can say pretty definitively that this isn't the way in an ideal world that electronic arts would see this kind of handoff, right? I've made the decision to retire from the studio, fine. I know this is a good time for change, sure. 2020 has been a year that forced all of us to reimagine how we think about work and life, which I think is very true for everybody. And you'll see that reflected in the Mark Dara statement as well. It does suggest that maybe, you know, remote Bioware dealing with electronic arts on a remote basis was even more strained than the usual course of dealing at Bioware. And when you have those inflection points, when you have that time to pause for reflection, it's no surprise that people evaluate their lives. They reevaluate their lives. They determine that this isn't what they want it to look like. But ordinarily, Casey Hudson, this is his second stint at Bioware. He's been there forever. Usually you would expect him to give that runway to Electronic Arts. All right, I want to leave Electronic Arts. What do you need? Two weeks, three weeks, four weeks? What do you need to allow you to let me transition my general manager role to somebody new? That did not happen here. And if I were a journalist in the games industry, if I was somebody that gets these contacts, if I'm Jason Schreier over at Bloomberg, I'm probably getting on the phone, having some phone calls and trying to do, if not an expose, at least a behind the scenes look at what exactly happened with Bioware in 2020 that resulted in all of this happening. He said, I need to try something different. Mark Dara, the executive producer for Dragon Age, is also announcing his retirement from the studio today. Note the language here, right? They aren't announcing their retirement from video games. They are just announcing their retirement from the studio, that they are leaving Bioware. It's a very fancy way of saying we're out. Retirement from the studio. I retired from my former employer. We have worked together since the early days of Bioware, and I have valued his contribution immensely, especially in recent years, as a key partner in leading the studio. 
So Casey Hudson, the head of the studio, says Mark Dara has been a key partner in leading the studio. They're both leaving on the same day with only an interim GM taking over, which we see right here. Gary McKay, the senior director of development operations, will be BioWare's interim studio GM which Electronic Arts doesn't presently anticipate resulting in a final role. They say that they are searching for a new GM. And Casey Hudson says that these important leadership blocks are all leaving at once and with not a final new leader put in place. This is the kind of thing that raises the red flags, that rings the alarm bells for somebody like me that looks at corporate messaging and says, what exactly happened here? And I think that's more interesting right now than any of the answers that these statements try to give, right? Mark Dara says, I've decided to retire from my position at Bioware, same language. I know that Dragon Age won't just survive without me, it will thrive. And I think both Mark Dara and Casey Hudson, they all believe that the studio will continue without them. I think that's absolutely valid. But these kinds of statements, it's worth noting, are always going to be vetted by your former slash current employer the day before you leave because they don't want public messaging going out there that is somehow disparaging of the company. You don't really want to burn those bridges if you're Mark Dara anyway. But when you hear these statements, I think these should be read, if you're a big fan of Dragon Age, as something aspirational rather than a guarantee right? Nobody wants Dragon Age to just die and to not be any good anymore. I want to see the next Dragon Age be awesome. But now certainly with these kinds of tumultuous leadership changes, with Electronic Arts taking the reins, with no leader at the company, at least on a formal level, going forward from this day on, everybody that loves these things, Mass Effect, Dragon Age, anything else that they might work on, is right to be concerned. Some of these changes are temporary, the changes in the way we work in 2020, but others will remain forever. I believe that this gives us an opportunity to bring in new voices, to reimagine how we work, and to strengthen how we tell stories. Again, you see the Hudson statement and the Dara statement reflecting each other, right? They are talking about 2020 fundamentally changing the way in which they do business. Now, Dara takes a little bit more of a positive approach than Mr. Hudson. He says, hey, Remote availability allows us to think about how we do what we do differently. And maybe that means we can build an amorphous new studio. We can do something different with remote as an option. And that's the kind of thing that Dara or Hudson or both might pursue versus Hudson saying, hey, I didn't really like necessarily what was happening in 2020. It made me reflect on what I wanted my life to be. And so I think it's very interesting to see these same kind of things reflected on each other. Clearly, they left on a kind of simultaneous basis because they're friends, because they wanted to do so on this basis. Does that mean they're going to work together in the future? I don't know. But you again see from Mark Dara, hey, Dragon Age is going to be the best one yet. Don't worry about it, everybody. Casey's taught me a lot over the years, especially since his return three years ago. I want everybody to feel good about all these changes. Bioware's in good hands, and yet you see on social media and in the articles in IGN or wherever that this raises a lot of concerns for people. And I think if you're in virtual legality, if you know what I do in this space, try to be as unbiased as possible. I think there is reason to be concerned given Electronic Arts' history, given the way this was done, given the timing, given the fact that they didn't have somebody to hand this off to, it does suggest that this happened very rapidly, maybe unknown to Electronic Arts, that there was some kind of friction that meant that Mr. Hudson, Mr. Dara didn't want to announce early. The, the Dara situation is a little bit different because they did have somebody ready to move over to Dragon Age. But of course, that person that they moved over to Dragon Age kind of leaves Anthem in the lurch. A lot of open questions. I will be very interested to see where this story goes in the future. But I do think those people that come out and say, 
maybe not as harshly as, oh, Electronic Arts just kills the companies they buy. They, they do have a history of that, unfortunately. But not to get to that point yet with Bioware, but to evaluate this and say, yeah, you know, there's a lot here that doesn't look good. I hope everything works out fine for them. But I'm going to take a step back and maybe take a pause for anything that isn't a remaster of games I love, like Mass Effect and Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3. So with that as the note here, this has been a lot of corporate messaging. I do like to talk about these things in virtual legality. This has been today's episode. If you enjoyed this, please like, subscribe, share, ring bells, tell folks that we are talking about the business and law of pop culture that you're already interested in, video games, music, movies, television, and whatnot. And one of those things is talking about the way corporations, parent companies, electronic arts, Bioware, live services, general managers, talk to the public, how those things get vetted by public relations and how they get vetted by lawyers and legal services, and hopefully adding just a little bit more insight to what you are seeing in black and white type on your screen every day. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.